so faith, work, and economics workshop, be there. Um, your work has meaning and work has purpose. I think that's a really powerful thing um, that we can know. Um, but today, I'm actually talking, I'm continuing in the Taking a Stand series, and I'm going to be talking about boldness. And I couldn't think of a better title, so I'm sorry, but the title is just Be Bold. And maybe it should have been like, be as bold as a lumberjack. It's my wife to yell at the lumberjack today. But uh, just be bold. Be bold. Um, so I just want to start off with a couple of questions. When I think about boldness in my life, and I think of, I think of a couple of questions, and these questions I want to ask us today are, how do you want your life to be remembered? And what do you want to be known for? So when I am thinking about boldness and being bold, I, I think about those questions and think, man, when I'm gone or when people are talking about my life, what are they going to remember me as? And so as I go through boldness and this message today, let's just be thinking about those questions of what do I want to be known for? And I think we've all, we've all seen people in our lives who live boldly or acted boldly, and we look up to them and think to ourselves, man, I want to be like that. That's how I want to live. And I think the cool thing is we can live that way. Like there is a life available to us to live that way and to walk in boldness every single day of our lives. And so taking a stand requires boldness. And also boldness is a lifestyle of risk. Now those two words, boldness and risk, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes they make me crazy. Or like that's those are scary buzzwords that I I very rarely use in my vocabulary without getting some kind of anxious feeling or insecure feeling, boldness and risk. But God, I was thinking about this message last night, and I think God He was speaking to me and He really wanted me to just mention that He wants to be on an adventure with us. Like, he wants us to just be, like, enjoying Jesus and loving him. And that's how he wants us to live life. So that we can live a life of boldness and risk, but that we're coming to this place of, hey, I'm just enjoying Jesus. I'm living life with Jesus. I'm on this adventure with him in life. And I think we all have a call to adventure or a call to explore things. Like, it's in our human nature. So we, instead of thinking of like boldness and risk, we need to do more, how about we just think of it as, man, I want to get closer to Jesus and enjoy life with Him. So I can just be enjoying Him and the person of who Jesus is. So I have a story um, to start off with. Uh, it's a story of when I was in first grade. And every Friday afternoon, we would have story time. You know, right before the weekend, Friday afternoon, story time, we'd sit down on the floor, the teacher would read us a story, and you would think that that's something a first grader is supposed to look forward to, right? It's the end of the week, it's about to be the weekend, going to go hang out with my friends all day on Saturday, but when I was in first grade, I was horrified of story time, because every single Friday afternoon, I'd go... We'd sit down on the floor in front of the teacher, and there was always this one girl that would sit next to me and just start scratching my back. <laughs> and, like, when I was younger, my face used to get so red when I was embarrassed. Like, feet red. I wish I had a picture of it, actually. 
And so I would be sitting there, like trying to do one of these things. Get off of me. And so I would just like get up and sit somewhere else, so awkwardly. And she would get up and sit right next to me and start scratching her head. But I never said anything to her. I never said quit it. I never said stop. I just kind of like balled up and was really embarrassed and really scared of storytelling. <laughs> so that's a, I'm glad you guys can laugh at that. My traumatizing childhood stories. Um, but like, it's a silly story. But the reality of it is, is much of my life has actually been plagued by passivity and fear. I didn't tell her anything. I didn't say anything. I didn't speak up. And a lot of my life has been like in the shadows. I'm quiet. I'm shy. All these different things. And I, it's hard. It was hard for me to be bold, to say anything, to speak up. So it's a funny story, but it does have some real merit. My life has actually looked like that in a lot of ways, of just passive fear. Um, not living in boldness. Um, so we're going to look at uh, a verse in Acts. And before I look at the verse, um, I'm going to give some context for the story. It's Peter and John, two of Jesus' disciples. And they just got done performing this miracle. They healed this man. And uh, some of the Pharisees saw it. They saw what happened. And so the Pharisees were the religious rulers of the day. And they're the ones that were leading and crucifying Jesus. And they didn't like that. They didn't like what Peter and John did. So they arrested them. And we're going to pick up in verse 13 where um, it's just kind of talking about what the Pharisees observed about Peter and John. So verse 13, it says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So that last part there is the part I really want to focus on. Is they recognized Peter and John as men who had been with Jesus. And I want to focus on that. I want to say that boldness is found in the person of Jesus Christ. When we know him and encounter him regularly, that's when we become bold. As we get to know him, we get to know who we are. We get to know our identity in Jesus. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying, hey, let's enjoy a life with Jesus. Let's encounter him regularly. And let's get to know him. And that's what makes us bold. And so I think it's really interesting that in this verse, the attributes that the Pharisees noticed about Peter and John, that they're ordinary men, just like us, ordinary men who live in everyday lives, weren't anything special. They had no special training. Like, that's awesome. That's so cool. And then, of course, the attribute is that they were recognized as men who had been with Jesus. And I think we can say, oh, yeah, because they were Peter and John's disciples. Of course, we physically probably saw them hanging with Jesus. But even more than that, I think. It has a deeper implications for how it affected the way they lived. That it changed the very person that they were because they were with the person of Jesus Christ. Um, so, when we're thinking about boldness, um, I have a little a point I want to make here. that I don't want my life to be marked by how bold I was. 
but by now I have been with Jesus. When you're facing hard times or difficult situations in life, you want people to recognize that you've been with Jesus, that you've spent time with him, that you know him. Because when, when people recognize that you have been with Jesus, that's what's actually bold. That's what's powerful. That's what enables us to be bold. That's when we have been with Jesus. I don't want my life to be marked by how bold I was, but by how I've been with Jesus. So think about those first two questions I asked. If someone were to be talking about your life, the mark you left behind, man, wouldn't you want them to say that was when they knew Jesus and he lived like Jesus? When we've been with Jesus, we get to know him and his heart for people. His heart gets into us and our natural response, our natural response is wanting to see the atmosphere around us change. So we, we get to know his heart for people. He loves people. He wants to serve people. He wants to bring freedom to people. He wants to heal people. He wants to deliver people. He wants people to overcome fear. When we get that heart inside of us, that's the stuff that produces boldness. That's what's going to create change in our life and the world around us. And so, a few examples. That could be just talking to a friend about God. Or that could be maybe a relationship a family member, a friendship you've had for a while, and just introducing God into the conversation. Asking them if they need prayer. Or maybe it's just listening to the Holy Spirit if He's prompting you to share something with someone or engage with someone. I have a quote from Bill Johnson. He said, The invitation to live a lifestyle of risk is constantly feeding off of who He is. It's constantly feeding off of who God is. And so, when we're living a life of boldness, when we're living, when we're on this adventure with Jesus, it's Him, it's He who we're impressed with. It's His word, His faithfulness. He does not fail to bring fulfillment to my life and my calling. That I have purposes. He who we're impressed with. So we're not wanting to be bold or wanting to see people set free for our glory but we're wanting to glorify God. We're wanting to say, Jesus, we're impressed with you because you make me bold. I have a story. Uh, my wife, she's from a little town called Sublet, Kansas. Um, it's in southwest Kansas. And I'm from a town called Garden City, Kansas, which is about 30 minutes from Sublet. So last February, my wife and I were back in Sublet, Kansas, and we were eating at the local Cattleman's Cafe. Has anyone ever heard of the Cattleman's Cafe in a small town? If you are in a small town, the chances are the cafe is in <laughs> So we were at Cattleman's Cafe eating with Aja's grandma, me, Aja, and her grandma. And I saw, I looked up, we ordered food, I looked up, and I saw this waitress walking, serving food, and she was limping severely. Like something had gone wrong with her knee or something with her leg. And so, I just thought to myself, I mean, I wonder if Jesus was to heal her, you know? Like, I've, I've read about Jesus healing people in the Bible. He performs those miracles. I've actually seen people physically healed by Jesus. And, like, you know, I started getting really anxious and pretty fearful. And I was like, all right, I think, I think Jesus healed this, this waitress. And so there's a little break. Um, she goes behind the counter, and I go up to her, and I say, hey, what? What's wrong with your leg? 
And she kind of embarrassing, embarrassingly says, oh, I fell off the curb the other day and like, I did something to my knee and it hurts really bad. And so I just asked her, like, hey, can I pray for your knee to be healed? She was like, yeah, sure. And so I prayed for her. I prayed, Jesus, would you heal her knee? And we got done praying and I asked her how it felt. And she was like, oh my gosh, there's no pain in it. It's completely healed. There's nothing left. No pain. And so I was like, oh, that's awesome. God loves you. And then I went and sat down and we ate. And then I look up and I see this waitress telling all the other servers, look, my knee, like it doesn't hurt anymore. Remember how it was hurting? It doesn't hurt anymore. And that's so cool because Jesus healed this woman, this waitress. And it was cool because I got... I got to glorify God in that. And then she got to glorify God by telling all her servants that. And those are the kind of things that when you're on an adventure with Jesus, when you're enjoying life with him, those are the things he wants to do in our lives. Um, carrying on in Acts 4, verse 14. I want to read these verses here. It says, uh, this is the Pharisees. I'm talking about Peter and John still. And it says, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they conferred together. They said, what are we going to do with these men? Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign. We cannot deny it. When Jesus performs a sign, people cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So verse 19, this is important. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. That's pretty amazing. Like Peter and John, they're taking a stand against the Pharisees. They're standing up for what they have seen and what they have heard. And sometimes, like many times, what it comes down to, what living life and boldness comes down to, is listening and obeying God. That's what it comes down to, and that's what he said right here. You know, he said, is it, is it right, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? So they were obeying God. Not were they only obeying God. They said, we can't help it. We can't help but speak about what we have seen and heard. And these guys have been with Jesus. They've seen Jesus. They've heard what Jesus said. And the cool thing is, is we have that same opportunity. We can experience Jesus. We might not see him physically like they did, but we can still experience the life that Jesus lived and the example that he set. We can live that way. So Peter and John knew they should fear God and not man. They should fear God and not man. I think that's one of the biggest things and biggest inhibitors to living a life before this is. Is fear of man. I mean, that's like the biggest fear of all for many of us, for me. So they knew that we should fear God and not man. And Jesus was so in them that they couldn't help speak about what they've seen and heard. So maybe maybe even just coming to church with this type of boldness for me today. 
maybe it was just, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go to church. And that has been really hard, maybe for you, the last how many months, weeks, or years. Maybe that's something that was a step forward this year. Man, God loves you. God loves that. Maybe God is asking you to invite someone into your home and share your life with them. Or engage in a relationship with a coworker, a friend, someone new. Maybe God is just asking you to just share your life with someone. It's that simple. Like Jesus loved people. He served people. That's the example he said. Um, I was just, another story, I was at Walmart this last Thursday, Thursday morning, and I went to Walmart, and I was looking for something, a specific piece that I needed. Well, it was a tool, so into like fixing things. Fixing things. It wasn't an axe. I always pass by the axe aisle and want to get one, but there's no use for it. Uh, just kind of one of those manly things that I feel like you need. But I was at Walmart and I was looking for this specific tool, and I'm walking and I'm on my phone, so I'm googling. Um, like what I need in this part, and I see this guy walking with a like severe, like more severe than the waitress. Like he had something like a disease or something that I thought was wrong with his leg. So I see him, and my heart just broke for this guy. And like it, it, I knew it was from God. I knew I had to talk to this guy, but I'm like on my phone. I don't have that much time. Let's go. I need to meet someone here in like 20 minutes. I'm gonna get this part. So I just continue on my phone, and then again, it's like, well, you, you need to talk to this guy. And so I was like, all right, so I put my phone away, nervous, anxious, insecure, like, really not wanting to do this. So I see him, he's, he's looking at one of those battery stations, you know, where you buy the batteries, it's right in front of the uh, checkout counter. And so he's looking at them, so I kind of go up. Pretending to look at the batteries. <laughs> okay. But I'm not looking at it. I don't need any batteries. So then I just turn around like, hey man, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing alright. I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Jeff. Oh, nice to meet you. My name's Bo. And I just told him, I was like, hey, God wanted me to just come and talk to you. And I was gonna see if I can pray for you. And he was like, Yeah, I mean sure. I was like, is there anything specific that you need prayer for? He said, well, now that you've asked, um, my son just got taken away from me, and my mom just recently died. And I was like, oh, Jeff, that's awful. I'm so sorry to hear that. And God loves you. Jesus loves you. You know, you need to know that. And I said, I knew. And I was like, is there anything physical that you need healing for? You know? He said, yeah, actually, my right leg. Um, I got shot in my right leg recently, and it, like, twisted his hip from his spine, which caused his, his limb. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So, I prayed for him right there, and asked Jesus to heal him, and prayed for his family, and I tried to encourage him, and he was very thankful after we were done, you know, and I said, is anything in your leg different? And he was like, no, not really. The pain is a little less. But, you know, I think the pain went down, so I'm like, okay, God's doing something. Can I pray for you again, Jeff? I've seen Jesus heal people. And he was like, no, um, I appreciate the prayer, but I don't want you to pray for me again. Um, but he said, I'll be praying for you, too. And then we talked for a little bit. I said, hey, Jeff, have a good day. So as I was leaving, you know, I could have been discouraged. I could have been, like, mad or something. But I know it's not up to me 
to question God and try and understand his mind and understand what he's doing. So I said, hey, I've seen Jesus. I've heard Jesus. I've read in his word. He's performed miracles. If Jesus was on earth, he would have prayed for Jeff, and he would have had faith that he would have got healed. And so that's the example that Jesus sets. So that's how I'm going to live. That's the way I'm going to live. All right? Even though Jeff didn't get healed, it's like, I've seen Jesus do that. I'm going to do that. And that's what produced boldness. That's what produced boldness in me to do that. Um, we have to put ourselves in positions where Jesus has to show up. When we take risks in faith, signs and wonders and miracles happen. We have to put ourselves in positions where Jesus has to show up. Uncomfortable positions. Where I'm going up to the battery station and I'm like, God, you know, I don't need batteries. But you have to show up here, God. I'm going to engage with this guy. Whatever happens, you have to show up. And he did. God did show up. And he touched that guy. So maybe, maybe it's not you praying for someone for healing in Walmart. But maybe it's you reconciling with a family member. And just engaging in that conversation that hasn't been needing to happen for a while. Saying, God, you have to show up. Or maybe it's just trusting him in an area of your life. In finances, work. Saying, God, you have to show up. You have to be there. I'm going to put myself in this position where Jesus has to show up. All right, going on in uh, Acts. Acts 4, verse 24. It's kind of skipping down a little bit. So Peter and John, they got released from jail. And they're going back to their uh, the disciples they were hanging out with, that they were living with at the time. And they told them what happened. Everything that happened, we healed this man, the Pharisees put us in jail. And so picking up in verse 24, it says, When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And their response was to worship and praise God. That has to be our initial response. Because we respond with worship and praise to God. Look how big you are, God. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. Everything is yours. So they called upon God. Now going on a few verses later in verse 27. Um, this is still, they're still praying to God. Um, so this is their prayer. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, those were two kings, rulers back in the day. They, uh, they were involved in crucifying Jesus. So indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power will have decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So verse 29 now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So they prayed to God. They knew they couldn't live boldly on their own. They needed God. They knew they couldn't live this life without God. They cried out to God. And in verse 29, notice they didn't say, God, would you please just... Take away these threats so we can live peaceful, comfortable lives with no opposition. 
They didn't say that. They just said, Lord, consider their threats. Or some versions say, take them into account. And then they told God, enable us to speak your word with great boldness. Enable us to live bold lives. They didn't ask God to take away their enemies, take away fear, take away anxiety, take away insecurities that come with a life of boldness and risk. They just said, God, consider our enemies, but in the face of our fear, in the face of our enemies, enable us to be bold. And I say that because fear is not going to just go away. Because then it wouldn't be boldness. It'd just be, I don't know what it would be. Just be like, Yes, you know? But fear is not going to go away, but we are still called to live boldly. And the definition of courage isn't the absence of fear, but it's doing something even though you're afraid. Even though you're afraid of that thing. So here, we need to, we're supposed to, we're called to live like the disciples live. And in the face of their enemies, they worship God, they praise God, and they said, enable us. So we need you. We need you to live boldly. Um, so I have a couple of traps to avoid when we're talking about living a bold life, we're talking about enjoying life and adventuring with Jesus, is comparison. You know, it's a good thing to be inspired by someone who lives boldly, but comparison will only lead to condemnation. You know? But you are never condemned for not stepping out in boldness and taking a risk. You're never condemned for not doing that. I told two stories here today. I could probably tell 20 stories that I didn't do that. That God asked me to do something and I didn't do it. He asked me to step out in boldness and I didn't do it. So you are never condemned for not stepping out in boldness and taking The second trap to avoid is simply self-reliance. Um, I've already talked about it a little bit, but just like the early disciples cried out to God because they knew they couldn't do it on their own. They knew they needed the power of God, a supernatural, divine boldness in them. Our own, our own emotions, our feelings, our personality, when we start to rely on those things, those things become bigger and God becomes smaller. We start to think we can just do it by our own personality. We can do it by our own muster up courage and be bold. And I know the title is Be Bold, but I didn't want this to be just like hoorah, pump up speech, you know? Because we can't muster it up in and of ourselves. We don't have it. It's not there. We have to know who Jesus is. We have to be with Jesus. I have one last little illustration that I want to share, and it's a story I just heard. It was a story about a guy, um, this guy had a lot of debt, and his friend was a pastor, um, and a man came up to this pastor one day, and this guy just wrote a $30,000 check, gave it to his pastor and said, hey, give this to your friend, I think he needs it. And so later that day, the pastor gives the check to his friend. And of course his friend is amazed. Oh my gosh, he's celebrating. I just got $30,000. I'm going to be debt free. This is amazing. You know, of course, we'd all be amazed. 
But not once did this guy thank the pastor for giving him that check. Because the pastor didn't write it, he just delivered it. And when it comes to boldness, when it comes to healing, deliverance, freedom, seeing people free, that is the basis for how we're supposed to live. God has already written the check. We're just supposed to deliver it. God already has promises for people. God loves people. God has a kingdom, a culture that he wants to bring here to earth. Something he's already written, and he's just called us to deliver it. That's what our purpose is. So God has already written a check. We're just supposed to deliver it. And that's the basis for living a bold life, for enjoying Jesus, enjoying the person of Jesus Christ. And so I think today, he wants, Jesus wants to take us to a deeper level with him. You know, maybe you've never thought of the concept of enjoying Jesus and being with him, being on an adventure with him. I think that will really help all of us we just start to think that way. We start to see Jesus as someone we're just tagging along with, we're having fun with, someone we're submitting our lives to, so that he can do what he wants, what he wills. So I want to pray for us. So enjoy Jesus. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the season that we're in. Thanksgiving week. God, I pray that as we see family or as we see friends, um, that we would we would be bold. That man, if some if something needs to happen in a family's life or a family member's life, um, healing or just a conversation, God, that we would take that step and trust you, Jesus, and put ourselves in a position where you have to show up, God. So I just pray um, a blessing and just boldness. Um, over everybody here, and that we would continue in that. We would come into new things that you have for our life, God, and that we would we would be honest with our fear and our anxiety and say, God, consider those things, but still give me boldness, God. You want to bring freedom to us in that area, in those areas, God. So we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that we can have fun with you, God, that we can enjoy you, God, that our, our sole purpose is to know you and enjoy you forever, Jesus. So we thank you for these things, God. In Jesus' name.